0: what you will learn and what you will hear in this episode of the i love keep show is absolutely game-changing if you let it be i want to invite you to put aside any limiting beliefs that might prevent you from hearing the lessons that are shared here the reason i say this is because you're going to hear a story of a charitable organization doing absolutely amazing things with keep and you're going to hear how that amazingness has spurred from nothing just in the last few months and you might automatically start to think well that's a charity well there's a war in the ukraine and people want to help and that's why this whole thing is taking off but put all those limiting beliefs aside and anything else that might be holding you back and realize that creation of a very clear and powerful vision can move your business forward and can help more people in a powerful way It doesn't have to be just a charity. So enjoy this episode, but put away those limiting beliefs. All right, let's go. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to an episode of the I Love Keep show. I am super excited about this particular episode because I've been slightly involved with what's going on here. I'm here with Gina Halliday and Beth and Hal, who are all part of uh, an organization called wrap ukraine with quilts and i'm not even sure you call it an organization i'll let you guys tell the story but they they've done we're some getting amazing.
1: organized maybe that means something we are getting organized so that's <laughs> well good. you're
0: doing amazing miraculous work and and really you know changing lives uh, across the world so um i'm gonna let you guys just tell the story uh gina and beth let's start with you guys and and just give us the background of how this even happened. And, and, you know, you guys obviously have a background in quilting and then this whole thing with Ukraine happened, Ukraine and Russia. And, uh, so tell us a little bit about the background and how this evolved.
1: Um, well, Beth and I have been involved in the quilting industry, um, in various, uh, jobs. I've owned a quilt store. We've both designed, um, Beth designed fabric. We've both written about quilting and, um, in our retirement, we decided that we wanted to kind of start an online business selling kits and doing tutorials and um, so we started Hello Cottons um, went to order our first uh, shipment of fabric for our projects and half of it was still stuck in on a cargo ship in Long Beach actually we're in Long Beach it still might be in Long Beach. It probably is. Um, anyway, we couldn't get our supply of uh, fabric in time. So we said, okay, we'll just wait until um, the first of the year, uh, uh, this year. And then um, the war in Ukraine happened and we quickly flipped, um, decided that we can do some good. Um, And that is because of Hal's story that we switched uh, Hello Cottons to wrap Ukraine with quilts. So Hal, maybe you should jump in and tell your part of that story.
2: All right. Well, I I uh, went on a bike excursion, I guess the best way to say it, rode my bike from West, in Western Ukraine into Poland about a year ago, the end of August last year. And uh, there's a big company there in Ukraine in Lviv called SoftServe. And I did a workshop for them because I do leadership development. And I got to know some people there and uh, did another workshop over Zoom in November. And then right before the war, we were planning other workshops, and I just had gotten to know a a couple of these women, and one in particular named Natalia. She was the VP over leadership experience. And she said she was leaving Ukraine uh, because of the war uh, with her children. And she sent a picture of her kids um, at the border, and all they had was a sack of... um, like a grocery bag, plastic grocery bag that you would get at Walmart or the grocery store of their belongings. And it was just really impactful um, to see someone who we knew with her kids, and this is, this is what they had in their life. They'd left their dad and their brother back in Lviv, and now they had a grocery bag of clothes, and where are they gonna go? And what's life gonna be for them? They didn't have anything personal or of comfort, and we thought, gosh, could we do something to help kids? Um, who have this experience, who've had this traumatic experience and show them that they're cared for, that we that someone loves them and wants to comfort them. And I asked Jean about quilts and she said, Well let's ask Natalia. So we got on a Zoom with Natalia and we we said, Hey, what if we could send you guys some quilts would that make this experience better? And she got tears in her eyes and they streamed down her cheeks and she just said, I, I just can't believe that that an American would want to give a Ukrainian something of that they would handmade. and we told her a little bit about what quilts are what they mean that they are there to comfort people that and she really just wanted to be <clears throat> seen she wanted to be acknowledged as a human um, and that was a big part of it and this has been a big part of it um, this has been a traumatizing dehumanizing experience for all of these Ukrainian women and you just imagine leaving you know, it'd be one thing if families left, but these are mothers with children leaving husbands behind. And the fear and the trauma of that and just feeling alone and and kind of almost kicked out, essentially, and wanting to go back, but for safety can't. Um, and the quilts have done the, that job. They, they do feel like somebody far away, some American mother has... Um, Americanish mama—that's what they have described um, in Ukrainian to these mothers that someone has made this for you and your children. And uh, we've been over there a couple of times and seen the impact and the look in people's eyes, the trauma in their eyes, and then the look of, of being cared for. Uh, that's that's been the best part for sure.
0: So let me let me just try and summarize everything you guys have said because there's a lot there. Um, we've got. Two amazing women involved in quilting for many years, trying to start a business uh, in their retirement in the quilting community. And then you've got Hal, who is in, has been trying to support in... their
2: retirement. <laughs> <laughs> trying to support. do workshops to support their retirement.
0: <laughs> there you go. So doing leadership development uh, workshops, having been you know C level executive for many years, and now uh, teaching leadership. Uh, and and it starts with one interaction with one lady and you offering to send a couple of quilts. Now, this is, a, this is a one-to-one interaction here, right? And then who came up with the hairbrand idea? Like, hey, maybe we can just like send everyone in the Ukraine a quilt.
1: <laughs> well, uh, you know, I was talking to Beth about it and I just said, hey, maybe we know people in the quilty world. Maybe we could just put it out there on our personal emails, our personal you know, social media, and we could probably collect a few hundred quilts We'll figure out how to get them to people um and uh that's what we did we started on march 17th um and on day one someone read our story and dropped off quilts on our porch and we have gotten quilts every day since that day four and a half months ago um from 46 from 46 states different states <clears throat> um, and canada and canada
3: so what are the
0: what are the four states that haven't contributed yet? Let's, yeah, let's Alaska. We
3: need Alaska. We need you. We uh, need to. Yeah, we need to call them out.
1: We have. We did call out about twelve states, and that helped a little. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can't remember off the top of head, yeah. other than Alaska and a couple <clears> of <throat> states in the south, but um,
2: Alabama maybe.
1: Yeah. No, we got Alabama. We got oh. Alabama. Anyway, we um. So what we imagined um being a small little project um. We've now gotten... is our full-time job. It's our full-time job, yeah. We've received over 7,500 quilts. Um,
2: it's about eight tons of quilts, just under eight tons of quilts. Yeah. Um, wow.
3: We did the math, like how many cargo containers that is.
1: Um, at least two. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, we lot. Yeah. And so we, we knew that quilters were givers. We knew that they would respond. We thought that they would have a couple of quilts in their closet or... A project they had made that they could or hadn't quite finished that they could finish and, and mail to us and what's happened is they've sent us those quilts and they said wait i love this project i can do more they're going back and making more and, and getting their friends involved so it's gone viral in a very quilty grandma kind of way where quilters have told quilters have told quilters um and have responded and we've it's been overwhelming and amazing and we have figured out ways to get the quilts to the Ukrainian refugees. And that in itself was a miracle. So we had lots of miracles. I don't know if you you want to hear them all,
0: Tyler. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that. So I know uh, (laughs) a a few months ago, uh, Hal packed up some suitcases and flew to Poland, uh, taking quilts, and I'm just thinking, how is this going to work? You can't just hop on a plane and load up a whole bunch of suitcases. <laughs> if this thing starts to grow, and and you get a lot of quilts donated, and that has happened, you like you said, two cargo containers full of quilts worth uh, is what's been donated so far, and it seems to be pick, picking up steam.
1: Yeah. So how
2: steam. how are you? How is the the logistics happening? How are you getting? Let home? me let me interrupt because I want to, I remember the conversation we had, uh, when you said, you know, who had the harebrained idea. Um, I remember the conversation we had, Gina and I had where she's like, but what if, like, what if we get like 600, you know, what, how, what will we do? Where, how will we send them? How, You know, and we kind of looked at each other and said, well, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome if we got 1,000 or 2,000? Like, let's, like let's see if that could happen. And it was scary. Um, We had no idea. And by the way, these eight tons of quilts have come to our house. So, (laughs) you know, this that's how it's happened. Gina's probably handled almost all of them. So, um, but we we decided that we wouldn't let the, how do we do it or the fear of not knowing since we're not in this business um, get in our way because the purpose was too important. And we just thought wherever it goes, if it's two hundred, great. If it's two thousand, then we'll see what we can figure out. And then that's when miracles started to happen. I'll turn it back over to Gina. She can tell you how the this kind of came about.
1: Um, well, first of all, we you know came up with our the name of our company and kind of the graphics and everything. And then knew we needed a um, a landing page. Um, and Hal knew a guy who could help us. Uh, thank you, Tyler. That was you. Um, and he said, well, do you want a landing page or do you think you want a little bit something more because um, maybe we could put a QR code on it. On We wanted people to register their quilts. And so it was a way for us to inventory them um, and um, you know keep track of all the quilts that we were getting. And then, Tyler, you had the great idea of putting a QR code on them. Um, so now when they register the quilt, there's a QR code that we scan when we receive the quilt that says, hey, we got your quilt and it's on its way. And then uh, we- By the way,
2: that's a game changer because game
1: changer. people
2: yes. now all of a sudden have so much more confidence because they get this message that says, hey, your quilt arrived. And and you know one of the things that might be keeping people from donating is how do I know where it's going and when it gets yeah. there, blah, blah, blah. So that's a fear people had that part of the QR code really changed the fear to confidence
3: yeah for the quilt maker
2: for the quilt maker
3: yeah and then on the other end that Ukrainian mom refugee gets this quilt handed to her um, that has a little piece of paper on it with a QR code and these are people that have you know they, they lived our lives, they lived our same lives. And so they're in a refugee center with their stuff, but also their cell phone, which is their connection to their family that they may have left back home. But with that cell phone, they can scan the QR code and find out the name and maybe hometown, maybe a message that that quilt maker wrote to them. They can find that information out. And then they have the ability to send a message back to that quilt maker um, whether it's a message of thanks, um, we've gotten stories, you know, I left. you know, very personal, maybe a couple paragraphs, I left my hometown with my children and we are here now. And, you know, this is what's going on in my life. And I mean, what an amazing connection across the world, two moms, maybe, you know, an American quilt maker, a Ukrainian mom who's in this horrible situation, um, they're able to connect. And see each other and understand maybe what's going on, and that's been key to this whole thing is the yeah. connection, and that's all because of technology. And that, I just think that's amazing, just amazing.
0: Yeah, let's uh, let's pause there for a sec. Um, I want to. I'll come back to the technology conversation uh, in in just a moment, but um, I, I love the fact that you guys moved forward without knowing exactly how it was all going to happen. This is, you know, entrepreneurism 101, I think. You know, most entrepreneurs uh, have ideas, have big ideas, big plans, big goals, um, but the, the road splits. There are some people who can move forward with faith, knowing like, I don't know how this is gonna work out, but I'm just gonna keep moving forward. And then there's a lot of other people who get stuck uh and and they don't move forward because they can't figure out the how yet and i'm a big believer of like you create the vision and you move towards it even though you don't know how but if the vision is clear enough and the purpose is strong enough then it can all start to come together so i'd love to hear just any more thoughts you guys have on on that and how you how you got through the mental (laughs) challenges, uh, because that's (laughs) difficult, right? To say, okay, let's move forward. We we don't know what's what's gonna happen when 8,000 quilts show up at our house. Like, (laughs) you know, what were were your thoughts throughout that?
3: We're still in that fear moving forward, like phase. We've got, you know, we've got some other big ideas that we're working on. Um, One of them is, you know, we just got back, the three of us, my husband uh, as well, and we just got back from Poland. delivered quilts, met with people there. Just, you know, there's amazing, there's amazing good people doing great things. And we've partnered up with um, kind of a connection from Hal, who um, his name's Harry. He's got a couple of restaurants. He works um, a ton with uh, World Central Kitchen. And he has formed a kind of a nonprofit with some uh, folks there. And they've Bought an event center to have this big commercial kitchen and setting up a a center for refugees to kind of a workspace, office space for them to get some job training, job skills, learn to grow a business. And so we've kind of talked to him, brought it down to the, the quilt sewing level. And we thought, what if, you know, what if we could get a sewing workshop set up? um, either for these Ukrainian moms to, um, either learn to sew or have a place to sew, um, for their families or to start a business. And so, you know, I think we all looked at each other and said, we can do that. We can, let's see what we can do. And so we are in the process of doing that. We, um, just because of like, it's a foreign country, it's difficult. Some of our quilting base industry connections in the US have um, have been able to help us. Some, some have, you know, there's been some issues with machines and stuff. So we decided, well, we need probably 15 sewing machines. Okay, how are we gonna get them there? What are we gonna do? So we finally got a connection through a Polish distributor of sewing machines. So they're set up electrically for Poland and they can be serviced there and whatever, but it was a chunk of money To get these, even at a great uh, discounted price. So on Sunday, just two days ago, we threw it out on our social media, GoFundMe. Hey, adopt a machine. (laughs) You know, two hundred sixty dollars per machine. We need fifteen of them. Within uh, four hours, I think we had about ten machines purchased. Um, At this point, we've got we've way surpassed our goal. Uh, The money keeps rolling in Our Gina's phone just goes ching ching when the Venmo (laughs) notification goes off. And so, I mean, people are good. People just are out there wanting a way to help. And it was scary to figure out like how, like, let's just ask. They're $260. We need 15. Who wants to adopt a machine? We'll put your name on the machine. It's going to be in Poland, available for Ukrainian refugees to use um, no questions asked. One, one gal bought three machines. She bought three machines, Yeah, you know, so, wow. so that was like, wow, a great lesson to me. Just, just ask, throw it out there, figure out what you need, um, how to make it work. Um, we've I, got some other stuff going on that's real scary yeah. that we're literally <laughs> jumping into, but you know, like Hal said, the purpose is bigger than the fear,
1: right? Yeah. And so, um, I also feel like um, the big door that says winging it, um, Mm -hmm. we opened that door um, and have figured out how to do stuff. And it's through people who have said, oh, I can help you do that. Um, Or um, what do you need? What can I do to help? Mm -hmm. I mean, and between three of us, we're like, well, what if we did this? And, And anyway, doing it, I think opening that door and just jumping in and saying, let's just see what happens.
3: I think, um, so we're trying to put together this trip in September, take some people over there to set up this workshop, teach some sewing skills. Deliver quilts um, to deliver ref- quilts quilts to refugees. Um, you know, have this whole experience. Um, and that's scary. We're working with a travel company in Poland that's scary. It's a big leap for us, but we've gotten great response, but we're not, we don't know everything we're doing what we know. And then we're figuring out, you know, winging it doesn't mean that you're not going to make a mistake or, you know, there's a lot of little self-correction or things that you can do or. But it it makes you a little bit vulnerable. And I think you have to be um, willing to either ask for help or or accept a correction or some help. On the path from people who have been there before, or you know, throw a comment or an idea at you that maybe you just have never thought of. That um, yeah, we should have yeah, we should have had that in place. We should have done that. Um, okay, let's do it.
1: Yeah, and move forward. And so we just that's just daily, and um, and to be willing to pivot because um, you know four months ago we thought we were going to be running a little sewing um, company online. And we've now applied to be a charity um, and filling out the paperwork to become a yeah, 5013 c So, so to be able to to pivot um, and adjust to the circumstances. And anyway, we're learning as we go. These
0: are these are all such great lessons for uh, for all of us in life, but particularly our audience, uh, entrepreneurs who are trying to figure out how to run a business and. Uh, oftentimes on uh, being an entrepreneur is a very lonely uh, job. Uh, a lot of times your friends and your families don't really understand what you're going through. And so I, I love that you shared, Beth, that you just got to be willing to ask and just to, to reach out and ask for help. Uh, I think that's one of the keys, um, that ability to move forward uh, in the darkness when you're not quite sure how things yeah. are going to work out and how it's yeah. all going to Come together but you still move forward um that's a, a key facet i think of of entrepreneurialism um so let, let's come back to the the personal connection stuff you guys um all recently took a trip to poland delivered a bunch of quilts had a bunch of personal interaction um t- tell us about those uh, those interactions that you had you know what was it like actually meeting uh these people these women and, and these children and delivering the quilts and Uh, Tell us how that went and kind of the emotions and thoughts going on in your guys' heads.
1: Yeah, um, I'll start off. I'll just say that I think we experienced the entire range of emotions um, meeting these people. um, uh, First of all, you see the stress and um, desperation and concern that they have um, for their families and for their future um, and to try to help them feel like somebody cares about them. They really are amazed that an American would make them a gift. um, And sometimes don't even know how to receive that because they can't believe that somebody across the ocean cares about them. Um, But we we went to refugee centers, we went to apartment buildings, we went to train stations um, and met these people who are just trying to survive and in in this day and age that somebody had to leave their country because missiles were going off and alarms were going off and their apartment building got bombed and um you know they don't have electricity they don't have plumbing they don't have uh um anything yeah uh power and yeah. gas, gas, so they can't heat their places because that's all been destroyed. And that they're fleeing to a foreign country, speaking a foreign language, language, eating foreign food, taking their kids with them, and don't know what the next step is. Um, and uh, to be able to just help, help them know that we care about them, I think um, we saw a lady who was laying on a cot. We were, it was a big room, just cot after cot after cot, and she had traveled about 50 hours. She had two crying kids. Another mom helped take care of her kids, and she just laid down on this cot and just was exhausted. And we put a quilt over her, and she just looked up and had tears in her eyes that someone would care about just putting a quilt on her. Um, And, um, okay, I'm getting emotional because it's just like, Anyway, so there's 12 million refugees. Can our 8,000 quilts make a difference that we've received so far? That one quilt on that one person made a difference. Um, And I told Hal, let's just move there and live there for six months and see what else we can do to help that you just want so desperately to help to create this, um, this organization that gives other people the opportunity to give and to help. Um, What we've been amazed at is people are thanking us for letting them serve and letting them find a way to serve others. And I never would have expected that. I thought
3: the gratitude,
1: gratitude on both quilt makers. Yeah. And from the quilt receivers and the quilt makers, I never saw that that was going to happen, that they're just other people want to help and serve and they had no idea how to do it. Um, and so providing this avenue for them to donate um, money and or quilts um, has been really rewarding from both ends anyway.
0: Well, I'll, I'll I'm tell you out. what, um, it's, it's been, um, it's been emotional for me as kind of a bystander. Uh, as you know, I as you mentioned, I, I helped set up some of the tech, uh, set up Keep and the QR code and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's been it's been really a, a blessing in my life, um, you know, being able to see behind the scenes because I see now, you know, when a when someone when a refugee in Poland receives a quilt and replies back using that QR code, I see those messages. So I've got like Google Translate up all the time and I'm yeah. <laughs> trying to translate stuff from Ukrainian and see what what's being sent. And it's It's amazing. and i'm I'm just seeing a a small piece of this. you know, you guys were there in person, seeing it happen, and uh, I've been I've just been really touched by what you guys are doing, the impact that you're making. and yeah, it's all it all comes down to just you know that one person and the impact you're you're making for that one person. Uh, for sure. But now you've done that times almost 8,000 and growing. And so that's just super exciting, super impactful. How you were going to say something, sorry.
2: Uh, I don't remember what it was now. <laughs> um, I, I I think I'm trying to remember. Um, the, one of the remarkable experiences for us has, has really been this gratitude. I mean, I think I was just going to comment on that. Like, that there's no downside to, the, I mean, to gratitude. And people have been so grateful. And I think they wanted a way to help but didn't know how to help and didn't know who they could trust. And I think the way we've done this and so transparently, and so um, we're not slick. We didn't organize. We don't, we don't have a charity yet right now, but we've finally gotten to that filing. But I think people have just seen the pure purpose of it. And the Pure Purpose has then had people, including you, say, gosh, I can contribute. And so, you know, some guy is donating, donating some space to us so we don't have to have it all come to our house anymore because it's going to grow. And he just said, I, I I wanted to help, but I didn't know how. And But I have this space. Would it be helpful? And so he's donating, you know, some office space where we can receive these quilts and manage it. It'll be, a, it'll be a game changer. It'll let us scale, right, in a very different way. So the pure purpose of it, the purpose that you connected with, that you just shared, how it had touched your heart and what, what you've seen that it can do, we, we had no idea it would be that. But we knew we were pure in what we wanted to do and how we wanted to help. I think people have seen that, then trusted that they could be a part of it, and then been very grateful for that. And it's touched them. We've had people with tears in their eyes bring us quilts to say thank you. This has been this has helped me. I'm 85 and I have purpose to help someone. And I'm absolutely grateful for the opportunity to give. That's overwhelming to us. We hardly know how to receive that gratitude because, you know, we just it's just kind of blown us away. So that's been a really unexpected um lesson i mean not even a benefit a lesson of how there's no losers in gratitude like the givers have gratitude the receivers have gratitude we have gratitude gratitude attracts more things to it and that's how it's grown and uh we didn't really get to finish the story but gina you should talk about you know how we're getting two cargoes of quilts over there and how that came about yeah. because this came about right after we walked through the door that said you don't know you're doing and this i think was the first thing that happened where we're like how did that happen and i started to believe it could happen again um i'd say the qr code was the first thing and then this experience with a shipper um was the second thing and then we had confidence that no matter what we would find the help we would find the way we would figure it out i think these two things were you know the qr your help and you expanded how we thought about it and then this this company called Lifting Hands. know why don't you talk about that for a minute?
1: Yeah. um, Well, first of all, we thought, um, oh, well, we can just ship quilts over to Poland um, (laughs) through UPS or whatever. Um, We packed a 50 pound box and I hauled it over to UPS and they said, that will be $1,800, thank you very much. And so we knew that that wasn't, (laughs) and that was the same price basically on all the shipping systems. Um, that wasn't a a possibility for us to do it that way because we had no budget for that. Um, so, um, started looking online for some charities, found this amazing charity called Lifting Hands International. They have one location in the United States, five miles from my house. Oh, wow. Um, and they, um, all of their humanitarian work was, is right now focused on Ukraine We went, we met with them, they're extremely organized, they inventory everything, they box everything. Um, They could run a report for us right now to say, this is where your quilts have gone. Um, Anyway, they are sending cargo containers um, to Ukraine, surrounding countries that are supporting the refugees in Ukraine and also getting them into, into Ukraine, into the safer parts where people can't flee, whether it's an orphanage or a um, a retirement home or something where those people can't leave Ukraine, they are getting supplies into them. And quilts and blankets was one of their main things that they needed. So they had this need. We now knew that we couldn't ship them we also knew we probably couldn't make a million trips to Poland on a plane and take them as extra luggage. <laughs> and so um, we were, were we take a load to them every week. Best son actually lives in Utah, and um, he comes over once a week, and we take 200 to 500 quilts um, to Lifting Hands International. And um, they don't charge us for that. They're grateful. They had a problem. They need two two to 3,000 quilts every cargo container they send out, they had a hard time fulfilling those needs and we stepped in and did that. And so this partnership that we have with them is amazing. We've also had, um, besides the trips that we've taken, we've probably had another six or seven groups of people who say, hey, I'm going to Poland, I'm going to Krakow, I can take quilts as extra luggage. And then we have people that meet them either at their hotel or at the airport who distribute them for us. And so this combination of people says, hey, I can do something. And other people said, I can deliver them for you. And then this charity at Lifting Hands has been amazing. Um, I Have a couple other stories. I don't know how much time you've got, but uh, we've been on the news a couple of times. um, And so that's gone out to different parts of the country. But we had a gentleman who saw our news story And he wasn't a quilter, um, but he knew a quilter. And so he contacted her and said, hey, I'm going to pay my friend um, a few thousand dollars to make you a hundred quilts. And we're going to get those to you in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, that's amazing. And I hang up from the phone and I look to Hal and I said, yeah, this guy has no idea how long it's going to take to make a (laughs) hundred quilts. And he probably didn't. But two weeks later, he showed up at our house with 150 quilts. No, yeah, yeah 150 quilts. And um, he didn't realize how big they were. He had to rent a trailer once he got <laughs> down to picking them up. And he, he's about 85. And anyway, then we, ha- we got a message from a prisoner who, um, again, saw the story, felt compelled. He teaches crocheting and knitting to prisoners. And he wanted to donate, and so we got about 150 items from prisoners um, who wanted to do something and do something good in the world. And um, and he, he also half of ahead, his Beth. prison paycheck every month. Yeah. I think it's
3: I think he gets sixty dollars. <laughs> we get a check from the Utah Department yeah. of Corrections for, for thirty thirty dollars every month to you know offset shipping costs. And you know one of the things about you know, when we talk about winging it or not being a slick operation is that, you know, we've had people donate and send us a lot of money to offset shipping costs and operations, operations and all the things that it takes. Just, you know, no questions asked. And I think it goes back to what you said, Hal, about trust. And, you know, we're just a few people um, connecting with other people, trying to make something happen and we might not have the big whole corporate master plan in place but i think that um level of sincerity and grassrootsness of what we're doing kind of speaks to people and um and we just feel you know honored that they trust us with their time and their talent and their money um even though we don't have it all packaged up slick and, and, you know, quite figured out we're we're, we're getting there, but we want to always retain that, um, that connection with our donors and with the people that are helping, you know, the quilt makers and making this happen that um, just being able to do something on a personal individual level and not, you know, we all know the big places you can donate to and you can that are, that are also providing, you know, a lot of relief in, in Ukraine, for example. But um, when you can make a personal um, effort to donate or to help someone, I think, I think that's part of our success is that we, you know, maybe we don't have it all put together and that we're just real and we're, you know, we just woke up and we have on our work t-shirts because we're going to go set up a booth at a, convention for quilters and we're you know getting our message out collecting quilts and whatever you know there's there's nothing like fancy corporate about us so maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's why people have been willing to help us just right and left and and blown us away yeah yeah
2: I also say will say that when people see a photo on Instagram of a quilt wrapped around a kid that they've made,
3: and they see uh, their quilt because yeah, each they see their is quilt, unique, right? right? So, they, so yeah. They notice
2: their quilt. They know it's theirs. Yeah. Um, it's hand. They spent you know twelve to fifteen hours making it, and yeah. two to three hundred dollars. So they they know it, and when they see that 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 that's a real payoff for them. There's not very many experiences like that. Plus they might get a message back from the person that received it. So their giving is acknowledged um, in a couple of ways. And I think that has helped people want to lean into it. And cause we've had people bring hundreds of quilts, whether they've collected them from other people, they haven't maybe made all of them. This one guy paid to have them made, right? But we've had some, you know, it's not just one and two quilts from people. We've had several times a carload of four women and a hundred and plus quilts in the back of a in an SUV, um, and they want to come in and they, and they right? want
3: to talk. Your family.
2: Be down with you. Yeah. And they want to hear the stories and they just want to be around it. They just want to be around it. Yeah, we had so a lady.
1: Crazy. Yeah, we had a lady who donated. Um, I think she's probably donated about twenty quilts over the last few months, and she said, hey, "I've used up all my fabric and." Um, I don't really have enough money to buy more fabric, but you guys are doing great things. The very next day, I had five boxes of fabric delivered on my porch that said, I don't quilt anymore, but here's all the fabric. Maybe you could give this to someone. Hmm. And I called that lady, the first lady up and said, here's more fabric. And she's like, woohoo! And she's bringing like three or four quilts every week. So those little connections of Yeah, I want to help, but I can't quilt because I'm old, but here's my fabric, and to be able to pass that on to someone else to make more quilts, and we've gotten half-done projects, people that made quilt tops, but they weren't quite finished. We had people say, oh, we'll finish those for you. Um, So anyway, the avenues that people have to be able to serve um, has been, you know, really rewarding to see those connections that people are making, and Um, finding ways to even if we had a we had an architectural firm in Salt Lake City who said can we make fleece blankets which is basically just tying a couple of fleece pieces of fleece together because we want to donate but we don't know how to sew we don't know how to quilt so this architectural firm had a um, a day where everyone in their firm made these blankets for us they brought us 37 they posted it on their Instagram and said hey any other business out there in Salt Lake, meet or beat what we just donated to Wrap Ukraine (laughs) with Quilts. And then we've had other companies. So now we have CEOs and computer guys who don't know anything about quilting, making blankets for us for Wrap Ukraine with Quilts. So- That's um, awesome.
0: Yeah, well, You guys are, you guys are amazing. You're doing amazing work. And I know, uh, Gina and Beth, you guys need to get going to your convention. Uh, I, I woke you guys up early and I don't think you even realized that we were doing this right now. So <laughs> I appreciate you being willing to jump on and, and, uh, have this conversation with us this morning. Um, I want to do two things. One, I want to invite our audience, uh, to get involved in any way they can, whether it's sharing this message with quilters or it's, uh, donating materials or it's uh, you know, making the fleece blankets or w- whatever you can do. I think everyone can contribute in some way, shape or form. Um, so I invite our, our audience to do that. And second thing is how I'd like to ask you a question. Um, there's a lot of things that I think um, we as business owners can learn from this experience, but I think a lot of business owners will discount the, the potential lessons because they'll say, oh, well, this is a charity. Oh, well, there's a, there's a cause behind this. That's propelling it, um, and I don't have that in my business. I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts as, as an experienced uh, entrepreneur and, and business person. You know what? What are you? What are the lessons you think that every entrepreneur should take from this experience?
2: Yeah, I would say a couple. Um, but you've got to find the cause. Um, this was related to a war. Not every business is going to have that kind of cause. But I think what we've learned is we didn't say, well, let's get 400 quilts and then we're done. Like we did our job, we hit our goal and let's move on. We we just said, we need to help these kids however we can. And we found purpose in that. And by the way, that as Beth said, helped us overcome fear, but that's the least of what it did. What it did was attract other people to what we were doing. So if, if whatever your business is, you can find, uh, a cause that makes the world better. Um, any business has a way that will help make the world better. So when you figure out why what you do matters to the world, then you will start to attract people to it. You will find partners, you will find customers, find people who wanna contribute because you're doing something great. And, and profit isn't that. By the way, I'm all for profit. I'm a capitalist, true and true, and I want to be able to make a living. And I want you to be able to make a living, anybody that's hearing this. But that isn't what attracts employees, motivates employees, motivates partners, motivates customers. It's um, doing something that matters and solving some problem for someone that could make their life better. And maybe that's helping them with marketing. Maybe that's, you know, in our case, helping someone feel like they've been seen and loved and, uh, and cared for in a very traumatic situation, but everybody could find that cause. And then uh, the second thing is, you know, the transparency of creating trust, um, just being authentic, um, no, being vulnerable, acknowledging that you don't have all the answers and and that's okay, that's not necessary to be successful. Um, learning, overcoming, um, uh, pivoting all those are the things that matter and I think sometimes and I'm one of these people that likes to have it all dialed in perfect and figured out and I'm fearful if it isn't because that's how my brain wants to work so this has helped me see um, just kick open the door and see what happens and um, we've seen great things happen it's really helped me um, be be comfortable with that I'm a fairly uh, entrepreneurial guy that wants to take risks, but I also like to manage it with my brain that likes to get organized and have things buttoned up and looking good. Um, and I need to remember that, you know, it's just not always going to be that way. And that's just fine. And people forgive that. They they see that the stage you're in and they want to help you get through it. I think people do want to help you as an entrepreneur get through those the learning stage.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much again. Uh, we'll let you go, uh, Beth, Gina, any final words from you guys?
1: Yes. Um, next time we're on your podcast, we'll look better.
0: <laughs> you guys um, look great.
1: Okay. <laughs> That's um, but, um, sweat. yeah, we were just, I, I think gratitude is probably the word, um, that resonates with us on this, um, whole adventure is just, how grateful people are to help us and how people grateful people are to receive the quilts Um, that's been overwhelming and um, motivating for us to keep going and to see what else we can do um, which is why we've got a couple other projects in the works and um, we are going to switch our company's name from wrap ukraine with quilts to wrap the world with quilts so that we are able to pivot to whatever needs the world has for what we're doing. Um, We will be working with Ukraine for as long as Ukraine needs us, but um, to be able to, if that is a homeless shelter in the United States or another Katrina disaster or whatever it is that we're able to pivot because we see a bigger picture now that we've jumped into this
0: so amazing it's awesome to see your vision go from helping one mom with some kids in poland to now this vision for the entire world so thank you so much for what you're doing i appreciate you guys taking some time today uh, on the podcast thanks. with us and uh let's spread the world or uh, spread the word uh, wrap the world with uh, with quilts. great thank you yeah. thanks tyler